If you would, please take your Bibles, turn to Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20. I hope y'all's week's gone good. Lord's been good. Revelation chapter 20. I want to talk to you about proper, the power of proper priorities. And Revelation chapter 20, verse 1. I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand, and laid hold on a dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nation no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until a thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. On such the second death had no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to see the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog, Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast in a lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was no place found for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. <coughs> Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, we do thank you, Lord, for just being able to be in this place with your people. We ask you, dear God, that you bless now the study of thy word to each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There's only one reason that Jesus died, and that's because there is a literal lake of fire. Amen. Now, Jesus not only died because there is a hell to escape and go to heaven to gain 
But Christ Jesus was a lamb slain in our stead without His death, then all men would have to go to hell. Jesus died to be our substitute on the cross. Had Jesus not done so, we would have had no sin offering and would have had to die in hell for ourselves. Man could not have been redeemed, bought and paid for by the life of Christ. It had to be his death on Calvary. The Calvary part of Jesus' death is not theological verbiage because Jesus could not have been our Savior just by dying. It had to be a bloody death. Hebrews 9.22 Without shedding of blood there is no remission. That is for sin. Now, if we preach Jesus' example, for instance, and I've preached on this part of it a lot of times, Buddhists can produce Katama with their example. If we preach Jesus as teacher only, then Islam can produce Mohammed who taught similar to Jesus. If we preach patriotism, Semitism can put us to shame, but there's one who can be Savior and Redeemer, and He's the only one, and that is Jesus Christ who was crucified on Galgotha's Hill. Now, uh, what I wanted, the reason I wanted to bring, I was listening to some guys yesterday, and I, le- I like to listen to different preachers just to see what they're preaching and teaching in this day we're living in. And they are, they, it's, it's strange what they want to teach about Jesus during this time that we're living in, and during this part of the year at Christmas time. Most preachers today want to be known as clever manipulators of homiletical skills or polished orators or verbal scanning the contemporary scene. They want to, they quote, every known author, but seldom ever quote the only one who died for sinners. A great, uh, for instance, a great preacher that I was listening to said, Yesterday I preached my much learning, and all the scholars came up and praised me. Today I preached Jesus Christ and Him crucified, and all the sinners came up and thanked me. Now the real thing of soul winning keeping the lost out of hell should be our first heart's desire. It must be. For instance, Jesus said of himself in Luke chapter 15, verse 7, Joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine persons which need no repentance. I was watching people that have been on newscasts and so on, and i never seen a bunch of sadder people. They don't even know what they want. I mean, people today don't have any idea of what, what they, they, they're seeking after happiness, they're seeking after joy, and they don't even have to go about it. I can say one thing to everybody. If you win souls, it'll make you happy. You'll be a joyful person. Winning the loss to Christ makes even heaven happy because it's the only hope for sinful man. This is why Paul was willing to be stoned at Lystra, This is why Stephen was willing to be stoned to death. This is why John the Baptist lost his head. Now, people want to say today, times have changed. But Jesus is still Lord, and He has not changed. Hebrews 13, verse 8. He is the same yesterday, and today, and forever. 
Now, if Jesus is God, and He is, and He never changes, then we shouldn't change when it comes to the plan of salvation and how to go to heaven. So, let's go back to Jesus' day. The gospel didn't fit into the world then, either, but if we became like our world, we'd have nothing off of the world. You can't lift a man up if you're on the same level as he is. Uh, the Bible makes it plain that Jesus reached down in the mire clay and lifted us up and set us on solid ground. He reached down and got us and lifted us up. If you're staying on the same level as the world in your preaching and everything you say is, is, is to the world just like the world is, how are you going to lift somebody up then? You can't. Hell is hot. Heaven is sweet. Judgment is certain. And salvation is only in Christ Jesus. Now, only then can we head, uh, help the world from darkness to light, death to life, and from despair to joy. Now, turn over to Matthew chapter 7 for just a minute. Matthew chapter 7, and uh, look with me please in verse 13 and verse 14. <coughs> Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, near is the way which leadeth into life, and few there be that find it. It's so strange to me to watch the crowds on TV and watch what's going on in our country right now, and everybody's talking about the bigger crowd. You know, the, the thing they had there in Washington yesterday talking about the big crowd and, and uh, rioters and those that's uh, uh, standing up for what uh, truth in the United States. And they always talk about who can have the biggest crowd. Well, I don't want to be in the biggest crowd because the Bible says that the biggest crowd is going to hell and the smaller crowd is going to heaven. Now, the very important things are taught here too. Two very important things. Not everyone is going to heaven. Number one. Number two, more will go to hell than they will be going to heaven. Jesus knew that apart from Him there was no hope for mankind. Jesus believed so strongly in the awfulness of hell for those who rejected Him, He said it would be better for a man to, be, to cut off his limbs, pluck out his eyes, and live a crippled and maimed life here on this earth than to die and go to hell. Do you think about that for a minute? What an awful thought. You see, the, the, it's the teachings of Jesus and His death that should motivate all of us to be soul winners. Jesus is not the best way to go to heaven. Jesus is the only way to go to heaven. Now, take a realistic view of what we have to do, for instance. Most of the world's population today is lost. It's not begging for the Savior. It's so engrossed in sins and error that it doesn't even realize its loss. It is established that only one-third of the world are Christians. It's established that only five out of 100 Christians ever win one person to Christ Jesus for salvation in a lifetime. A great preacher once wrote, If you are a professed Christian and yet are not out in the field laboring together the harvest before the storm comes, 
These words are for you. And then he put in quotation, anybody who is not doing personal work, his, his sin, he has sin in his life. Now, I don't care who you are, preacher, teacher, mother, father, if you're not reaching definite people to a definite Savior at a definite time or trying hard to do so, you have sin in your life, for obedience is sin. And Jesus commanded us to go in the world and win the law. Now, here's why. Every 24 hours, think about this, 146,000 people die, and most of them are without Christ. The job we have to do is not just with the existing masses who are dying lost, because every 24 hours, 345,000 babies are born. With these figures, how can anyone be concerned about anything else then about, uh, except souls going to heaven? There was a young boy one time who brought home, brought home his report card, and he had an F in the spelling. He had an F in arithmetic, and an F in history, and an F in English. But he had it in a citizenship and department, as his father critically looked over his card, he looks up at his son and says, Great, Jimmy. It's lucky like you're the neat, well-mannered, stupid kid. And you think about that for just a minute. It seems today that churches are making A's in everything that doesn't matter. We excel in them unimportant matters. But in the one thing Christ has told us to do is win the loss to Christ and teach people to go out and baptize and win other souls to Christ. I never had any idea last a week before last, I believe it was, that uh, this young man got saved and Chuck seemed fit to put the baptismal service on YouTube. And I'm getting called all over about this young man getting baptized. How important it is for see people to still see that Jesus is not on the not only in the saving business, but he's in the business of getting people to obey him and everything. Now there was a family who lived in the mountains who had the only radio in that part of the mountains. One day the father heard of the, on the radio a storm was coming, and he told his son to go tell all their neighbors a severe storm is coming. Take cover. But the little boy got preoccupied throwing rocks at a little bird and finally killing him. Then all of a sudden he saw a tornado hit his neighbor's home and destroy that family. As he returned home, his father asked him, Did you warn them? He answered, I got busy killing birds and now they are dead. As he stood there, his father asked him, What is that blood on your hands? And he replied, It's the little birds. No, his father said, It's your neighbor's. Now, I want to read you something. I want to look at Ezekiel. And most people don't want to hear this, but I want you to listen for just a second. Ezekiel 33, and I want to read, begin reading in uh, verse 19. Verse 19. But if the wicked turn from his wickedness and do that which is lawful and right, he shall live thereby. Yet ye say, the way of the Lord is not equal. O ye house of Israel, I will judge you, every one, after his ways. Then the word of the Lord came unto me. Verse 30, 23. Son of man, they that inhabit 
those wastes of the land of Israel speak, saying, Abraham was one, and he inherited land. But we are many. The land is given us for inheritance. Now, uh, go down, please, to verse 31. And they come unto thee as the people cometh, and they sit before thee as my people. And they hear thy words, but they will not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their heart goeth after their covetousness. And lo, there art unto them as a very lowly song of one that hath a pleasant voice, and can play well on an instrument. For they hear thy words, but they do not them. And when this cometh to pass, lo, it will come. Then shall they know that a prophet hath been among them. If you study this whole chapter of Ezekiel, God gives responsibility to Christians. That responsibility is to preach the gospel. And if you look at verse 6, it says, But if the watchman see the sword come, and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if the sword come, and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity. But his blood will I acquire at the watchman's hand. And you read that what we just read, the bottom part of that chapter, you'll see that people were, that, and, and I believe he's talking to Christians, when he said that you're like an instrument being played, and you're playing sweet music, but nobody wants to listen to you. Nobody wants to hear you. Why? Because you haven't lived the Christian life before them, and you've not tried to win them to Christ, and now it's too late. It's too late. But what I want you to see is the Bible makes it very plain in these verses that God will require from our hands those that die and go to hell that we know. You know, the one thing that bothers me all the time, have I done my best for Jesus this day? You know, it's easy to sit back, isn't it? And I think about this quite a bit. We started this church, the other churches that I worked in and worked and built churches and built Sunday school classes and taught Sunday school classes, went out and built bus routes and won people to Christ. And we had great choirs and those that could sing good and serve the Lord in great churches. And you look back on all those and it's easy to sit back on your laurels and say, man, we had a good time serving the Lord in the past. And you look back on it, what a great time we have had in our life. I have, and I know you have. And, and God has blessed everything we put our hand to when it's come to serving the Lord, it seemed like. And it's easy to sit back and say, I've done what I could. But what about today? See, we got people today. We got our grandkids. We got our kids coming up. My, my grandson out in... Uh, California, his wife sends us a picture of little Evelyn now, my little great-granddaughter. And she just started eating. she got food all over her plate, all over her face. She is the cutest little thing you've ever seen in your life. I'm responsible for her. And I'm responsible for her mother. I talked to her mother the other day. I said, are you sure that you're saved? And I want to know. I talked to a man just yesterday, and I've known that man for a long time. And I... Uh, for some reason, I had a dream uh, the other night, and he came before me, and I said, you know, you never have actually asked him personally, do you know you're saved? And so I called him, and I talked with him, and I said, look, buddy, I, I, I don't know why uh, this dream I had, and I know it's just a dream, 
But I gotta ask you something. Do you know you're saved? Do you know you've been born again? He said, Well, yeah, preacher, I asked the Lord to save me. I said, That's what I wanted to hear. He said, But I want to come down and talk to you about it. Now if he got if he's got doubts, I want to get it settled with him. Amen. And what I'm trying to say is we're responsible for the little ones that surround us, for the older ones that surround us, and all in between. That's the important thing. It's not just coming to church and being part of a church or assembly or going out and living our Christian life around people. I'm going to get myself in trouble, first thing you know, going to a store, the grocery stores. Now, I love ice cream. And uh, I get me some of these bars of ice cream. Yesterday I was coming by the bar, and there was a fluffy lady there at the, getting ice cream. I'm not I'm not allowed to say the other words. It's fluffy, and so she was very fluffy. And I almost said that stuff's going to make you fat, but I didn't. I put it back in. And, but uh, I get in trouble every way I turn. But you know what? I am concerned more than that. Uh, when I went up to pay for the groceries, I was laughing and talking and, and just rejoicing. And I said, do you go to church anywhere? And being able just to talk to somebody. You know, you can talk to people in the service station. You can talk to people in the grocery store. You can talk to people anywhere you go about the Lord if you do it. And think about this. Everyone that you come in contact with, one day you're going to stand before the Lord, the Bible plainly tells here in the book of Ezekiel, and you're going to give an account for them. Now I am too, for everyone that I come in contact with. But I don't want their blood on my hand. And we got to get our priorities right. What is, it, what is our number one priority is, is to win the lost to Christ. Get them saved. Why? Because they have babies and they have families, and they need to get them saved. And that's what it's all about. Amen. And if we can get that straight in our life, it'll call us to live a joyful, happy life. Because I do know this. The Bible says in heaven, they rejoice over one soul that comes to Christ. Think about that. You want to make people happy in heaven? All you got to do is win somebody to Christ down here then. And you know that's what's going on in heaven then. Glad I'm saved. Amen. Father, would you bless this? Study thy word to each one of us now. Watch over us in the coming hour now and help us to say the things that you would have say and nothing more, nothing less. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.